Hey everyone, this is Frodo from Wish Upon a Star. Thanks to everyone who listened to our first season, and for coming back again for season two. And to those of you who are new, I just have a quick message to get you all caught up. Uh, here at Wish Upon a Star, my co-host Amanda, myself, and various guests have been joining us, and we're in the process of reviewing and ranking every Disney song in chronological order. Now you may notice if you just start listening to the episode right away that we don't actually play the entirety of each song on the episode of the podcast. Uh, but don't worry, because we have included links to the song video on YouTube and the audio on Spotify. You can find that either on our website, or if you just look at the episode information wherever you are listening, there are links included there. So if you are on Apple Podcasts, for instance, if you look at the episode notes, we have links to both YouTube and Spotify there. But don't worry, if you don't have a chance, we will try to give you a good taste of the song throughout the episode. And then lastly, I mentioned our website, but just so you know, you can now find that at wishapodastar.com. So we got ourselves a .com. At our website, you can listen to the podcast, and you can also find links to subscribe to the podcast as well. And you can also find us on Twitter at wishapodastar, on our Facebook page if you search wishapodastar on Facebook, or you can email us at wishapod at gmail.com. Both the Twitter and Facebook accounts do contain a link to the website, so don't even have to remember the website. You can forget it, but please don't, because please go to it. So thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone, it's episode 9 of Wish Upon a Star, but the first episode of season 2 of Wish Woo! Upon a Star! Pinocchio! I'm yeah. Frodo the Lawyer. I'm Amanda the Person, I'm gonna stick with it for now, and hopefully hopefully think of some better stuff later. Yeah, for it's, work, it's worked so far, we've made it through a whole season. We um, sure did. We're glad you're all back again to listen to us once mm-hmm. more. Or did if not get just... firefly no, we didn't. Um, or Freaks and Geeks sized. Um, yeah, but like, if you had to pick one that was a bigger tragedy. Right. It also works better as a verb. Um, but <laughs> uh, if you, also, if you are joining us for the first time, um, we'll just give a little quick uh, reminder of, our, of what our show's premise is. I understand it's possible that you may not be a fan of Snow White. You want to skip right to Pinocchio. Our purpose here is to talk about every Disney song in the feature-length movie canon. We're doing it in a chronological order. We started with Snow White. We're done with that. Yeah, we are. Get out and of here, Snow White. No one get, wants you here anymore. Yeah, not even your your dwarves. Yeah, see you in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, were they in Kingdom Hearts? I, I guess don't they, know. I Probably. I didn't play I, Kingdom Hearts. They weren't in the first game, but that's all as far as I made it. Yeah. Well... See you in Disney's House of Mouse. Yeah, somewhere. We're going to see yeah. you somewhere. But now we're with <laughs> Pinocchio. Yeah, we um, are. He's a, a little wooden man. Mm, my favorite kind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, the first song of Pinocchio, which we will get to, is, of course, When You Wish Upon a Star. Yes! And Finally, we're starting a movie with a song people care about. Yes, right off the bat. And not only do people care about it, but we care about it, obviously, because... The name of our podcast is a riff on Wish Upon a Star, if you didn't know. Yeah. We are Wish Upon a Star. It um, did take me a few times to get it, but it's been explained to me, and now I'm on the same page. Yeah, so you should, if you didn't pick that up, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know how you ended up here in the first place, but uh, yes, Wish Upon a Star is based on Wish Upon a Star, and that's because this is one of the most iconic Disney songs um, of them all. Heck yeah, it is. I mean, it's the... It's, it's the song. Yeah, so part of the reason we named the show after Wish Upon a Star is because that is perhaps the most definitive Disney song. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was the first Disney song to win an Oscar. It won the 1940 Oscar for Best Song. It was also the highest-ranked Disney song when AFI, the American Film Institute, did their ranking of top 100 film songs. It ranked... Hold on, I think it was 7th. I have it written down here. It ranked... Yeah, 7th. Um, well ahead of the second-highest-ranked Disney song, which was Someday My Prince Will Come, which was 19th. Oh, come on! That's the second highest Disney song? Yeah, there were only four in total. Do you, can you guess the other two? They're okay. not movies we've covered yet, and you're um, not going to guess it, so... Is it? Is it from... What, what's the timeline we're looking at? Like, when did they put this list out? Um, I don't know, but they're both 90s okay. uh, movies. Um, songs. I would say... Beauty and the Beast? Yes. Yes. Good guess. That, that was number 62, and then the fourth Disney song was number Oh, let number me see 99. if I can guess... Oh, what, what, number 99 you said? Yeah. Um... Hmm, um, is it out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame? <laughs> no. Ah, I thought maybe it'd be a deeper cut. Is it Under the Sea? It, it, it's a deeper cut, um, but it's fairly well known. Okay, uh, um, give me one more guess. Um, is it Be Prepared? No, but it's from that movie. Okay, um, Just Can't Wait to Be King? Nope. Circle of Life? Nope. Really? Oh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Nope. What other songs are in that movie? Um, I'm just gonna wait. We're gonna we're all gonna wait along <laughs> until you can figure out what the other song in that movie is. Shoot. Um, oh, Hakuna Matata. Yes, it was Hakuna Matata was number nine. <laughs> I don't know where they got. I mean, it's fine, but I mean, it's a good song, but like, it's not even the best in that movie. Yeah. So that was weird, but <laughs> but yes, the point is that this is uh, regarded by filmy people as the definitive Disney song. They play it when. You see the castle at the beginning of the movies. You hear a little mm -hmm. bit of, of it. Um, so it's a big time song. But it's yeah. it's it's not just a Disney theme song. It is the opening song of Pinocchio. So before we get yes. too deep into this... Amanda, oh, it's too late. I'm so deep in. I'm so in. All deep. But Amanda, what is your what were your thoughts about Pinocchio before we started this experiment? This is something we did with Snow White as well. Yeah. Just we want to see how our thoughts change when we analyze this song by song. So uh, pre doing this what were your thoughts yeah i mean i don't have a ton of thoughts on pinocchio i didn't really grow up watching it um i think the whale scared me as a kid yeah it is um was definitely an issue because it scared everyone so like i remember that scene pretty effectively um i also remember and this is like only tangentially pinocchio related but there used to be a like club in downtown disney when i was a kid like an adult like club club like mm, 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 yeah yeah um <laughs> called pleasure island um, oh. and you had to be 21 to go there. And like every, when I was a kid, I was like, oh man, when I turn 21 one day, you know, 40,000 years from now, yeah. I'm going to go to Pleasure Island. Um, and it closed <laughs> when I was a teenager. So that dream died, which was a shame. Um, and then also I actually spent some time with the characters of Pinocchio when I was working at Disney, mm -hmm. um, as a performer, there were some of the characters I first spent time with, um, with Jay Worthington Fowlfellow and Geppetto. Um, my biggest issue with Geppetto is that I was going to work one day and real like was in a van driving to a location um, where I would spend time with Geppetto and realize I couldn't remember how to spell his name. 
<laughs> so I was just like trying to Google in the van like how many P's and how many T's were in Geppetto. Yeah. So that when I, you know, helped Geppetto out with signing, he did not spell his name wrong. Right. I'm pretty sure I got it because I, I like, I was pretty sure I knew it, but it was a, a deep moment of fear. Um, but Jay Wright and Falfella was like actually the first character I hung out with like in public and at Disney. So who's Jay Worthington Falfellow? He's he, he's the fox um, villain. I thought he was Honest John. That's what he goes by. That's what oh, Jay stands for. Oh. But his full name is Jay Worthington Falfellow, and okay. he's a very intricate signature. Okay, so th- that doesn't come up in the movie, does it? Does he say that name? I, I don't remember. This has if been, he, like, retconned? I don't <laughs> He must say his name in the movie. I mean, I guess we'll find out when we get there. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know, but, um... Yeah, but that's his name, and then his yeah. um, sidekick is, um... Gideon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Gideon. The girl hanging out with Gideon had a much easier time, yeah. name-wise. <laughs> yeah. We, we will... Uh, she didn't have to Google how to spell it. We will look that up <laughs> uh, and talk more about them later. Uh, yeah. But one thing you did mention is uh, Pleasure Island. I do want to bring up something about Pleasure Island now. <laughs> okay. So for this, preparing for this episode and the series of episodes I read, another J.B. Kaufman novel. I mean, book. Yay! Not a novel. They're novel. not novels. They're books. <laughs> They're nonfiction books. Uh, it was, it's called Pinocchio, The Making of a Disney Epic. I'm going to forget the name, so just remember that from here on forward. Um, yeah, the Pinocchio book. The Pinocchio book by J.B. Kaufman. And he mentions that before they came up with a name for Pleasure Island, they were originally going to call it, and this is not a joke, I swear this is true, Booby Land. <laughs> no, 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 They were no. going to call it Booby Land. Oh, man, I'm glad I leaned back from the mic when I remembered that, because, like, I'm definitely shouting a little bit now at the, my sheer outrage at that scenario. Um, yeah. No. Had you heard that before? Or? I hadn't heard that before. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yikes. Uh, but it's not called Boobyland. There was going to be Boobyland and Bogeyland. They were going to be, like, mirror images. I don't know. They that's replaced not... it with Pleasure Island. That's it's better. Yeah. Um, Ugh. But it probably was pretty confusing for you because you were like, "Oh, it's a Dis- it's Disney Club for why is it only for grownups?" Like, right? All, I was like, "Oh man, Pleasure movie. Island! That sounds so yeah. fun, pleasure." <laughs> yeah. Plus, it was like actually like an island like built out in the Disney because oh, wow. like downtown Disney for people who haven't been there is like where all the shops are, so you don't have to like mm. pay to the parks to get in. You can just like walk around the shops, and they've got like the big Disney store there and a lot of restaurants and stuff. And it just over underwent a big renovation to become Disney Springs, um, and it's. And nice, they added a lot of good stuff. Um, but Pleasure Island was, like, built in the lagoon, so you had to, like, take a bridge to get there. And there was, like, a tunnel underground as well that went underneath the bri- the lagoon, as far as I remember. And that, I think, is what probably appealed to me the most, was the lagoon. And the tunnel. And the tunnel, yeah. You really wanted to go through a tunnel. Um, I really wanted to go through a tunnel. So my uh, past thoughts on Pinocchio were, I always thought it was kind of weird. Sure. Um, I don't know where you got that idea. I, I mean... Like, I knew that I was supposed to like it more than Snow White as a kid because it was, like, a boy movie and Snow White was oh, a girl Frodo, movie. no. I'm saying as a child what I thought. I know, um, I know, but I just, I hate, that makes me so sad. But it's a little weird. And watching it now, I kind of think I know why. I, I have watched the whole movie. I, I skipped ahead a little bit. I think it's very clear that this movie is taken and based on a book, uh, which it is. Mm-hmm. It was based on The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi, mm-hmm. um, which was written in 1883 this movie came out in 1940 um and it it comes across a little disjointed like there's a series of unrelated events in this movie i mean pinocchio and jiminy cricket are throughout the movie but they meet all these sort of weird characters the stromboli Mm -hmm. the fox the cat they meet they're underwater they 
uh, they're in a whale, they are in pleasure <laughs> land, you know? So it's, yeah. it was a little hard maybe for me to follow some sort of narrative. Um, but I think that that might be because it was based on, on a book, um, right. you know, which is a much longer story than this movie. And they kind of pick, they were picking and choosing which parts they wanted to include. Um, but, yeah, the book is also called The Adventures of Pinocchio, yeah. so it sounds like it's more like, these are a bunch of things right. that have happened to me. Right, right. But um, just going back to what I thought as a child, I was I maybe never really connected with it quite like I did some of the other movies. Yeah. Um, well, there's no real character in it to, like, connect with. Like, I guess you could connect with Pinocchio, but, like... Or Jiminy, but there's no, like, yeah. villain. There's no, like, one goal. It, it kind of... Cha- the yeah. ball moves throughout the movie. Maybe the goal is to become a real boy, but... But that's the thing, like... He has this goal, but he, like, mostly just wants to kind of be vaguely happy. Yeah. I suppose when you look at, like, like he doesn't have any songs to sing about that sort of thing. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not a Moana. Right. Um, As ever. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Um, and also, it has this very sort of overarching moral compass, you know, right. be good. Or you'll be turned into, like, a donkey right. against your will. Yeah, we'll get there. But one, <laughs> one thing... Or one instance that I was exposed to this movie as a younger person, not too young, maybe I was like 16 or so, was in um, my, it was an after-school religious program that I was in. Mm-hmm. And the the leader of the class said, you know, we're going to discuss morality today, and in, or, in, in doing that, we're going to watch clips of Pinocchio. So she put <laughs> on, you know, a clip of the beginning and a clip from the donkey scene, and like... I didn't really, it was, like, very, like, heavy-handed. Like, a bold the, choice for 16-year-olds. Yeah, and it was like, you know, like, this is going to teach you about right and wrong. Like, what does this tell us about right and wrong? I don't know. It was, In case you've never seen Pinocchio before, here's the best chance to do it. Yeah, so I, I don't know if maybe that gave me negative thoughts. I, I mean, it's a good it's a good movie, don't get me wrong. Uh, it has good songs. It's yeah. just, I don't know if, um, even if I didn't want to admit it as a young boy, I think I always liked Snow White a little more. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Although I will say that, like, I think this film, animation-wise at least, is much more, feels much more like a Disney film. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that a little bit in our last Snow White episode yeah. where we had Shayna. Um, and when we were talking about, like, how this is the first film that has a woman as one of the lead animators on it. Um, and it pushes it a lot more to that Disney style, like the big eyes and yeah. the animated facial expressions. So, like, it looks more like a Disney fa- film. But plot-wise, it doesn't feel... Like, they really got it together yet. Yeah. This is a very highly acclaimed film. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. This, that's a point it has 100% made on Rotten, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes? It's a point they made on Wikipedia. It's a great movie. We're just talking about our impressions when we were, were young and maybe what we thought. Yeah. So if you're a Pinocchio lover and you're tuning into this and we're already hating on it, <laughs> please we're stay. We're not hating on it. We love it. And yeah, it's yeah. a classic. And we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't love it, at least in some ways. It's just like when you compare it to other Disney movies. Yeah, yeah that's what we're saying. We're saying yeah. that it's good. but um, Yeah. Pinocchio was not the one that I like wanted to be when I grew up when I was five years old and watched this for the first time. Yeah, I, I think that maybe just to put a bow on my thoughts, I think it's better in individual scenes, which is how mm-hmm. we're going to be analyzing it, than it is a whole, <laughs> whole movie. What can we say except you're welcome? Yeah. Um, so let's start off looking at the movie. So when you look at When You Wish Upon a Star, which is the first song, that mm-hmm. begins during the opening credits. So we, we're yes. not even in animation yet. So what were your thoughts on that? This is It's basically the overture to the movie is yeah. the first song. I wasn't expecting that because I'd kind of forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. So actually I learned an interesting fact about sort of credits um, mm-hmm. in relation to this. Um, you know, I don't yeah. want to step on your toes of bringing scholarly bits. Go, but, no, go ahead. Um, I was wondering like when they switched over from having credits at the beginning of the movie. Um, and it was actually, it was Star Wars that did it. Yeah. 
as a Star Wars nerd, I know this, um, but I'm going to let you say <laughs> That's it. fair. I'm a, I'm a newcomer to the Star Wars yeah. canon. Um, I didn't get into them until, like, Force Awakens and stuff like that, because I'm a terrible human and I apologize to the world. But um, <laughs> Star Wars was the first movie to put the credits at the end of the movie, because George Lucas wanted it that way, and he almost got kicked out of the Director's Guild mm-hmm. for it. Um, but then it was such a success, um, as we have all been able to tell. Um, that everyone started doing it. And I didn't realize that that tradition went on for that long to put the credits at the at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and, and you still sometimes see, you know, some credits. I mean, there'll be some credits at the beginning, some at more at the end. Um, right, they'll have a couple, yeah. of, like, the title, the big leads, and, like, the director, maybe, but, right. like... But, yes, I, I agree with you that growing up watching movies in the 90s, we didn't yeah. see credits at the beginning of our cartoons. No, and you don't expect, like, in retrospect, to have such an iconic song like this be the overture to a movie. Right. Um, yeah, the the way the, the movie starts off, there's a little bit of kind of intro music. We hear a little bit of Little Woodenhead, and then the the song When You Wish Upon a Star comes on, and <laughs> it is uh, being sung by who we will soon learn is Jiminy Cricket. Um, yes. Now, before we get to actually seeing Jiminy Cricket, there is one mm-hmm. thing I want to point out in the credits. <laughs> okay. And that is, I don't know if you noticed this, but mm-hmm. one of the people listed as a director, did you study the director's names? I did not, back? and now I regret that. Okay. One of the directors is named Teehee. What? His name is Teehee. <laughs> like? Like, Teehee. Okay, tell, tell me more about Teehee. So Teehee's real name is Thornton He, but for some reason he always went by T period he. So I was just looking at the credits, you know, I'd actually already, I'd watched it through once and I was just watching it through a second time just to make sure I had picked up on everything. And I was, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll read these names this time. And I saw T he, I was like, that can't be a real name. So I did look it up. Uh, his real name is Thornton <laughs> he, but he always goes by T and he also directed Fantasia. So uh, there are multiple directors for these, these movies, but he was on both of them. So, um, Teehee, he's a person. <laughs> Excellent. Then, uh, once the credits end, we see the Pinocchio book, mm-hmm. and a spotlight goes on onto the book. It then... Yeah, it does. And then that spotlight pans up right onto our, our pal Jiminy. Yes. I think it's a pretty cool shot, how, the, how they made a spotlight happen. Like you were saying, yeah. cool new animation techniques. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of gives the feel for the movie, which has a lot of like showmanship and actory bits and things like that. Like You kind of get the feel for... Plus, this is the first movie we have with, an, with a narrator, which is a trope that they use you know, with some frequency um, in Disney films. Yeah. So that's an yeah. interesting thing. He's also yeah. the first anthropomorphic animal that we have in yeah. Disney... Feature-length movies, obviously, making yeah. Mouse, but... Um, which actually begs a question for me, um, yeah. which is, is Jiminy Cricket immortal? Is he immortal? Immortal. Immortal. Immortal, oh. yeah. Because he, he keeps popping up, and, like, he mentioned in his, like, thing where he's, like, you know, you had, like, the underscore of When You Wish Upon a Star, and he's like, oh, one of my many travels. I'm like, Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> yeah. You're a cricket! Yeah. How many places can you possibly have traveled? But, like, he shows up in, like... He's in Mickey's Christmas Carol as the ghost of Christmas past, and he's in the sing-alongs, and he's in House of Mouse, and he, like, hosts a bunch of stuff. He's in Kingdom Hearts. Um, so, like, possibly Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket is an immortal cricket. And I just think we should respect that. Yeah. He also, um, it notes in the Wikipedia article about Jiminy Cricket that his design is different from real crickets. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't think, in case you yeah. thought that this was what crickets looked like. 
Yeah, no. According to Wikipedia, real crickets are black or dark brown with very long yeah. antennae. Yeah, they, they don't have hands um, and and <laughs> shoe and top feet hats. and top hats. Yes. Um, yeah. Nor do they sing. Yeah. Um, the outfit that we see with this top hat and everything—it's uh, supposed to be a tramp—is like the the style that he's yeah. wearing at the beginning. Basically, like a poor pauper type of person. Yeah, he's got a very like um. What's the guy from Oliver? Um, name starts with an F. Oh, it's a uh, Fagin. Fagin, yeah, thank yeah. you. Very Fagin look yeah. to him, breaking into people's houses, it's killing their fire. He actually is wearing nice clothes in the um, when he sings when he was upon a star. Then right after that, he's wearing his tattered clothes because he gets them later in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, an interesting character because. Like you said, he's the narrator. He could be immortal because he's in everything, but he's very much a 1940s American. He's oh, yeah. from the era, and this is a movie from 1940. The way he speaks and talks, he uses a lot of Americanisms. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see more of those as the movie goes on, but you know, he says things like, break it up, fellas. And- yeah. Well, even like the name Jiminy Cricket is like a very 1940s American phrase, right. like a minced oath for Jesus Christ, as yes. the Wikipedia article Described. Yeah, and it was actually spoken by the dwarfs in Snow White. Yeah, yeah it's used in Snow White, Wizard of Oz, um, Brave Little Taylor. I don't know what that one as is. Well. Yeah. That is a the 1938 um, Mickey Mouse cartoon. Oh, okay. I know of yeah. Brave Little Toaster. But... Brave Little Taylor is lovely. It's not as good as Brave Little Toaster because what is? Because it's really? not a toaster. Because Brave Little Taylor doesn't make my bread warm and crispy. <laughs> Well, to be fair, you don't know that. Maybe he can. That's true. <laughs> have you asked him? I have not asked him. That's well, true. if you don't ask, you can't just expect these things to happen for you, Frodo. It's life's about going out and taking what you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. But one of the reasons that Jiminy Crickets has this way of speaking is because of the guy who they hired to voice him, mm-hmm. who um, is, his name is Cliff Edwards. Uh, did you look up Cliff Edwards before the podcast? Not too much about him, so fill me in. Yeah. Yeah, well, so he so he is uh, he was a fairly well known celebrity musician of the era. He, his okay, uh, his alter ego or, or maybe show name was Ukulele Ike. Excellent, I ukulele. I hope I hope he didn't honestly. Yeah, well, he he did. Um, ah, that's disappointing. Uh, probably, but... Um, but he was in a lot of movies of the 30s, they had a lot of review, Broadway review type movies, he was in those. Mm-hmm. And when they were putting this movie together, Disney wanted to get a more well-known actor in it because, you know, Snow White was a big hit, now they don't yeah. have to settle for Adriana Casalotti and her, you know, unknownness, they can get the big stars. <laughs> yeah. And Cliff Edwards was a big star, in fact, he is the person who first uh, had a hit with the song Singing in the Rain. Oh, interesting. Yes, so that movie, Singing in the Rain, didn't write its own music. It stole mo- music from old movies and things, and one of those songs was Singing in the Rain, which nice. was in one of these old review movies, mm-hmm. and it was sung by Cliff Edwards. So Cliff Edwards is a, is a known commodity. He's a yeah. guy that people like mm-hmm. his voice. And and his voice is lovely. Oh, yeah, for sure. And a lot of his, his vocal tendencies and his personality, um, his sort of smooth, mid-20th century American talking uh-huh. style um, became part of Jiminy Cricket's character. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily written that way. That was just he how he performed, and nice. it worked out that way. So it, yeah, it's a nice change from Snow White, who was given such yeah. specific instructions on, like, be up here all the time. Yeah. Uh, in Snow White, we have the sense that 
they were trying to put on some sort of airs as like this is an operetta, as, as Daniel right. told us. Um, here, Jiminy Cricket, right off the bat, is saying, you know, we're, "We're plain folk." And and when he's done singing a song, he says, "Hey, everyone, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm. You want to hear a story about a wish?" It feels a lot more like a review style show than, and then that kind of goes along with the fact that like it works better as scenes that has an overall plot. Like, the idea that they just worked on the individual scenes being cool little stories and not so much worrying about, like, making mm-hmm. one overarching story. Yeah. Um, I th- we sort of gloss over the fact of whether or not he's immortal, but, I mean, I I, I think so far we have no nothing to disprove that, and yeah. we, we can keep looking throughout the movie and seeing if, he's, if there's signs that he is somehow otherworldly and not a mere... More. I just think it's good to keep up with it. I also think that it's possible he inhabits other forms throughout his existence. Mm. Because I do think that the beginning of this is like a pretty expression-wise shot-for-shot remake, or pre-make, I guess, um, of the, the narrator in, in Aladdin. Oh, the yeah, lamp yeah, salesman. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a very, it's a very similar scene, and like facially it's very similar. So like possibly Jiminy Cricket was either, ooh, you know what it could be? What? You know how in Ratatouille... Um, Remy is a rat. Like in, yes, that's step one. <laughs> um, but he's also in Linguini's um, chef's hat, like pulling on his yes. hair to animate him. Maybe Jiminy Cricket is in the lamp salesman's turban. That makes sense to me. It makes a lot of I sense. Think we should keep it in mind in the future if we see characters where we're like, that seems kind of like Jiminy Cricket. It's like maybe it. it are they wearing a hat? Maybe or a headpiece? Maybe it is. <laughs> well, let's move away from this Ratatouille puppeting people and go back to our current story of actual puppets. Um, I mean, it's pup- It's puppets all the way down, puppet, as it were. Puppet, yeah, good good reference. <laughs> people love throwbacks. So, before we see what happens uh, next, so what happens after Jiminy is done singing the song, I kind of wanted to go through and actually, like, analyze the lyrics of this song, because it's something we make take for granted now, but, like, yeah, let's get, let's put on our, like, we're watching Pinocchio hats and, like, think of how these lyrics come across. Um, and specifically when we do that, I think we should think about the fact that this, in my opinion, is another wishing song. This is an, yeah. I'm, oh, this is an, I yeah. wish song. Just like how we had in, in Snow White, we had at least one wishing song. Yeah. In Snow White. And I think what a lot of people might actually know these lyrics from a little bit better, um, at least for the diehard Disney fans out there is that it's, they use part of it as the opening to Wishes, which was the fireworks show at Walt Disney World. Um, not the one right now, because they just changed it over, I think, this last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wishes had been the show for quite a few years. Um, and when it, it opened with, when a star is born, they possess a gift or two. Um, and you have Wish Upon a Star woven throughout it. So that's where I know the song from the most. Because I also, I used to follow, I used to put the soundtrack to Wishes on when I needed to fall asleep, because that's how deep of a Disney fan I am. But... It's, it's if people don't know that um, arrangement, I recommend looking up the Wishes um, soundtrack because it's it's absolutely lovely. All right, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's let's look through the lyrics and again, yeah, and what message we're getting here about Wishes versus what we we got in in Snow White, um, specifically from I'm wishing yeah. and maybe someday my prince will come. I'm wishing yeah. upon a star. Also on Google, when you look at the Google lyrics, like just Google like when you mm. wish upon a star lyrics. Upon is spelled U P E N, so that's fun. That's that's wrong. Um, thanks, thanks Google. Thanks yeah. for sharing, guys. Google's not the answer to everything. Is all I'm saying here. Google is the best. Um, 
<laughs> so when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that's true? Do you think that wishing upon a star is so egalitarian that no matter who you are, you get the same effects? Or is there like a, like a, a wishing tax bracket where, you know, if you mm-hmm. make it above a certain amount, your wish is X much more powerful? See, I was going to go for, like, a deep philosophical answer at first, but now I see where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I think, like... Well, actually, I like to think that maybe it's the opposite. Like, if you're, like, a king, they're like, nah, you're good. Perhaps I will grant this wishes to, say, a cricket in a shabby top hat? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not the one wishing. I know, but if he wanted one, like, my God, like, he's a cricket wearing a shabby top hat. Like, is there anything that deserves a wish more than that? Yes. I think that this is, like, much more similar to other I'm wishing sort of songs than I'm wishing in terms of like relation to other Disney movies like Mm -hmm. even though this is not one person singing an I'm wishing song like the ideas behind it are kind of what carry you through as themes for almost every Disney movie that's made from here on out sort of the down on your luck person hoping for great things um yeah whereas I mean you could look at like you could look at Cinderella you can look at Hercules you can look at Moana, you can look at Oliver and company if you want. Like, there's this sort of person that they're describing in the song is featured in almost every Disney movie. And maybe that's why this has become the Disney theme song, is that it it really encompasses a lot of the themes of Disney movies. Then moving away from the makes no difference who you are, it says, anything your heart desires will come to you, and if your heart is in your dream... Well, I think that's another, like, you have to be pure of heart. Like, you have to be Cinderella if Lady Tremaine tried to make a wish on a star... Right, no, true. And then it says, yeah. no request is too extreme. So we have there that anything your heart desires and nothing's too extreme. So basically, Mr. Cricket is saying, like, yeah, you can wish for whatever the, the f*** you want, man. Like, you, you, Ooh, you, you're going for ones a day. Yeah. I'm a terrible influence. So what do you, what do you think of that, of that message? <laughs> um, so basically it says, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you want. Just mm-hmm. you just get this star, you wish it, and boom. Like that's Yeah, I mean I kinda like the idea that like you as long as your heart's in it, like if you're passionate about it, like if I was like, I'm really passionate you know, I mean we all know what I'm passionate for, and it is murder. <laughs> yes. So if I was like I am I want a murder. My heart's in this, I want a I, like I don't want to murder anyone myself, FBI listening in on this call. But like I would like a murder, perhaps to solve right. while wearing a shabby top hat. I don't think that's asking too much. No request is too extreme. Like, you, yeah. you're, you're going to get that. We're going to do like, it for and, you. And someone else is like, are you sure, Murder? They're like, listen, her heart was in it, though. Her heart was in that dream. And fate is kind. Yeah. And she brings to those who love. Mm-hmm. Now, if we do say later, like, she brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing, does that mean that, like, maybe it's not the the one you think that oh, you want? That, that's a good point. Like, she doesn't give you what you want, she gives you what you need. Mm-hmm, but you secretly <laughs> long. That, that, yeah. So, so if, if Geppetto got up there and he was like, I wish that Pinocchio was a dragon, but inside he really was like, I want him to be a boy. Um, yeah. Then he would, he would have still been a boy. He would not get a dragon. Yeah, he wouldn't have gotten a dragon, no. Yeah, it, but don't you think that he'd be, like, maybe a little disappointed? <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, like, where are the blow flames? Well, to be fair, it's never proven in this movie that Pinocchio can't breathe fire. <laughs> True, good, good point. Maybe... <laughs> I mean, he pro- he shouldn't, <laughs> given his <laughs> material. Yes. Maybe he's, like, fireproof on the inside. He's a very fancy puppet, maybe. And also, like, we see later Geppetto leaves fires unattended in his room, in his home filled with wooden toys. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, clearly fire safety is not an issue in this Italian town. Yeah. Um, 
So then, you know, the, the song finishes like a bull out of the blue, face steps in mm-hmm. and sees you through, when you wish upon a star, dreams come true. So that that's it. Yeah. And then we all cry, and it's nice. I think it's an interesting message. I really think um, that this song is the first time Disney cap really hits what its brand is. Yeah. Like, they realize, they're like, oh, this is us. And it's cool, because you don't... The rest of the movie songs aren't really on brand, quote-unquote, like the same way that this mm. one is. Um, like, they're, they're nice songs, and... I think I think they're a good step up from Snow White, um, for the most part, but like they don't hit that one thing the same yeah. way that this does. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It captures this idea of being a dreamer, and I think that yeah. is a big thing for Disney. Because like, what are the? This is kind of an interesting exercise. What's the formula for a, for a general Disney movie in terms of songs? You got the the I Want song. Generally, you have some sort of comic song. Some have villain songs. Some have mm-hmm. some have love songs. Right. Um, yeah duets, uh, big, large chorus numbers, mm-hmm. which we haven't really seen too much of yet, but... Um, no, we, although I would put, like... I would have put, like, Hi-Ho or the Silly Song yeah. in terms of, like, big comic fun numbers. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see those as we go. Yeah. Um, but just within this genre, the mm-hmm. I'm Wishing genre, how do you feel this stacks up against I'm Wishing and Someday My Prince Will Come? Would you put it uh, ahead? I would put it ahead of this. I mean, is, is that even a fair question, Frodo? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a fair... I mean... Right now, I'm wishing is like my you know fourth ranked song of all time or something. You know, <laughs> out of the eight we've covered, fair enough. I mean, this this one this one blows the, both of them out of the water. All right. Once the song is over, then Jiminy Cricket Jiminy Cricket mm-hmm. tells us, oh, "I I was around for a wish once, and believe me, they come true or whatever, whatever he says." Yeah. And then he tell he's going to begin narrating the story of of Geppetto and Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably and... knows how to spell it. <laughs> no, I, I, I still spell Pinocchio wrong. It's like, it's, it's one N two C's. I always slip it. Um, Anytime that there's more than one letter that could be doubled in a word. Yeah. I cannot spell that word. Yeah. Necessary. Um, I can't do either. Oh yeah. Is that, was that three S's? I don't know. Um, Six, seven S's. Yeah. Um, so Pinocchio leads us to the, the cottage. Some other scenes happen, but, um, I want to skip ahead a little bit to the scene where Geppetto actually makes his wish because we yeah. don't have a song in that scene, but which is weird. Yeah, it in is. Respect. It, it, true, it is weird. But maybe they didn't want to give Geppetto two songs. But yeah, but, I mean, this if this song was going to go somewhere else, it would be there. And Disney actually, um, I read this in the J.B. Kaufman book. He wanted uh, when you wish upon a star to be the, over the credits. He thought it would be a good intro to the movie, which it turned out to be. But that's why we don't have yeah. it, you know more closer to the actual wish mm-hmm. but what the subject of the the wish in this movie that this song is referring to right is Geppetto's wish that's that Pinocchio will be a real boy and he he um he starts off um the actual wishing scene well first he um he realizes that he forgot to open the window and he's like in bed with Figaro and he kind of passive aggressively says like Figaro, I forgot to turn to open the window, and then <laughs> and Figaro's like, "All right, fine, I'll get out of bed and do it." So he he opens yeah. the window. Figaro, the cat. Yeah, the cat, because the man <laughs> like can't get out of bed. Uh, but then he sees the the star, and he says, "Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might have this wish I make tonight." Which yeah, the, tr- the traditional Italian, right? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it, it's so I, I should actually look it up. <laughs> and Wikipedia says that is a nursery rhyme from the 19th century in America. So it's not Italian. Okay. Even, th- even though this movie is supposed to be set in Italy, uh, uh, clearly they don't... Is, 
So, you know what? I'm done with Disney. Yeah, That's we, it. We That's got, the last straw for we've me. We've got a wisecracking American uh, you know, cricket. We've got... And I, actually, this might be the, like... This is one of the only Disney movies where an, a grown-up is doing the wishing. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Huh. Usually it's like a kid, yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Are there any other ones where there's an adult wishing? I mean, there's not many, like, adults in Disney True. movies that aren't villains, to be honest. Yeah. Or, like, fathers. Like, kings. There's a couple of adults who are like, oh, I hope that my child gets it together. Like, I wish that they can find their way. But you're still wishing for them, not for you. Right. It's not like King Trident sings, um part of your world you know <laughs> oh i would pay so much money to see that are you kidding me Frodo? <laughs> so geppetto is the one who does the wish and he wishes that <laughs> he was a real boy what are your thoughts on that i mean it's a little sad in, in all honesty like although i guess in a way it's kind of it's like it's kind of sad and it's kind of nice he's not wishing that like his life was different mm-hmm. he's like happy with his life he just like wants more than his anthropomorphic, slightly anthropomorphized cat who could open windows but not yeah. have a conversation yeah. um, in his life. Um, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, it's it's the sort of wish you make when you've been, like, maybe in your, your cottage for too long and, like, maybe your fireplace is a little stopped up and there's some fumes getting in there. And you're like, I don't know, I just I wish this puppet could talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of agree it's a little sad. I mean, I think Disney was intending it to be sort of a, like, you know, he just wants a son. He's a, It's a thing he's yeah. missing in his life. He has yeah. everything else. He has clocks, but he doesn't have a son. Um, <laughs> Those are the two things you need yeah, in life. Son and clocks. Um, yep. But I do think it's a little sad, and later in the movie we'll see, um, when Pinocchio first goes to bed, like, he has a set of pajamas for him. When he goes mm-hmm. to school the next day... Geppetto gives him a, a, like a perfectly sized vest, so like clearly Geppetto is like has a lot of like children's clothing, which kind of makes me think like Ooh. if Pinocchio. Well, it makes me think it's a little creepy. Like I was thinking almost like I don't want to get anyone throwing tomatoes at me, but like I kind of see it, this is like a like a blow up doll situation. Like if you you know what those things are? I do. I don't want to go down that road because this is a Disney podcast. Well, I'm going to go down that road, but no, oh, Frodo, no. Basically, the idea of a blow-up doll would be a, a, a man who doesn't have a woman gets this doll and dresses it up and is like, "This is my wife now." <laughs> like, like if Pinocchio had not become... that, that there's not that there's anything wrong no, with nothing wrong that with you're that. into. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, um, just an unusual situation. That's no, all. Right now, that would be a sort of have sort of sexual connotations. This does this not. This wouldn't. This would this not. not. Yeah, to be clear. Zero. But it, it made me think of, like, if was he just going to walk around, like, if Pinocchio hadn't come to life, was he just going to walk around, like, dressing Pinocchio and being like, like, Figaro, look, it's Pinocchio, he's my he's my son. And Figaro's going to be like, he's a, he's a f***ing puppet. Like, what, like, what are you doing, well, the crazy old man? Like, like, was that the plan? And then he just kind of lucked out, and he was like, oh, he's real now, yay, I don't have to do that anymore. He's, he's a, he can actually go to school. Frodo, what if he had a kid before in a family and they died oh, in a horrible accident? That's not nice. Uh, g- bringing up blow-up dolls in a Disney podcast <laughs> is okay. Bringing up sad theories about death. No sad theories, only it's, perverted it's, theories here. It's Disney! There's always a dead parent. Maybe in this case, Geppetto was the one who lived, mm-hmm. and his son was killed in a sacrifice to Zac Efron. Well, now I feel bad about bringing up blow-up dolls. <laughs> um, well. but, that's fair. But... Yes, it, th- I mean, that could be something that one would gather from this movie, but it's not as funny as what right. I was saying. Well, up dolls was better. It's better to imagine that Geppetto it, had this, to- just like, vests, just in case. Yeah. 
maybe he was like maybe he's a vest maker like when maybe like the clock business wasn't doing so well and so he's like you know what i can make vests i can <laughs> it's a pretty basic shape yeah you don't really need so you just need to be able to you know yeah. make a rectangle and cut some bits out i'm gonna make vests but then he got better at clocks and was like well this is clearly a better option in terms of like supporting myself and my cat and my cat's pet fish um so the vest kind of fell by the wayside but he still, you know, had it kept it close to his heart because he still had a passion for vests. Like, clocks were work, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't want to bring your work home with you, even if you live in your home and you're the only person you ever talk to, just you and your cats. You gotta have, gotta have a hobby. Maybe yeah. vests were his hobby. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> sure. It, I mean, that could, vest could be his hobby. His son could have died. He could be, <laughs> you know a non-sexual blow-up doll maker, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, Yep. Whatever (laughs) swallows your whale. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you mean whatever your whale swallows? Whatever your whale swallows. Yes. Um, Well, I like to think that in the post-credit scene of Pinocchio, something bigger swallows the whale. mm, Perhaps. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, perhaps that 513-year-old shark they found in the Arctic. Or the Antarctic. I don't remember which one. Yeah, he's older than Shakespeare. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Super cool. Yeah, right? Um, well, I guess that we can... I mean, I that's all I had to say about this song, but I guess we can go to our grading. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, um, I mean, overall, great song. Like, I feel like we didn't, like, talk as much... We normally talk more about, like, the animation, but there just isn't really right. animation for this song. Right. So we'll talk more about that for a little wooden head, we promise. Why don't you, why don't you go first? Okay, I'm going to give this song... Nine out of ten small blue, tragically backstoried bow ties. <laughs> All right. Ten, nine out of ten bow ties. Uh, and why yeah, do you tragically it... backstoried bow ties is and, important. And, and you said before you don't want to be comparing these songs to Snow White in your rating system, so we shouldn't exactly co- correlate them. Um, right. Apples to bow ties is not an exact right. metric. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's... You know, it's, it, it's because of the EU. Everything's a little bit off. Right. Um, Either of them are on the Euro. But... But what, uh, I guess, what is your reason for doing I mean, it's, it's such an amazing song. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, in some ways it should have gotten a 10, but because there's no animation really for it, giving it a perfect score seemed bold. Because, um, like, the song is beautiful, but the scene itself, and we've always judged things on both, like, the scene a little bit, at least. Um, certainly yeah. in terms of things like Silly Song, like, even though it's not, I'm trying to at least rate things in the same way I would throughout the podcast yeah yeah science you know yeah um yeah because science is important um so yeah i would say this is an amazing song i doubt that something will beat it in this movie um but i don't want to put a perfect score on it yet because that seems bold for a season two yeah of pod so yeah nine out of ten tragically backstoried tiny blue bow ties yeah what are you looking at frodo what are you thinking so as far as rating the song for me i think this is definitely the best performance we've had so far. I think that mm. Cliff Edwards, like we were talking about before, he really, he gives a lot of, uh, he gives a really strong performance here. He is making yeah. this song truly meaningful and heartfelt and emoting. Um, for instance, comparing it to one song, I don't <laughs> feel like the prince really emotes. Yeah, but here. vibrato. Right. But but here we have, you know, he's really emoting. Each word means something. Mm-hmm. I think that's really great. Um, <laughs> I think that it's really, it's clearly one of the most significant Disney songs. 
I mean, we need yeah. our podcast <laughs> after it. Yeah. But um, yeah, you could just picture like a crooner like sitting backwards on a chair with his hat in his hands, right. like singing the song to you from a stage. And I think it is perhaps the most meaningful, like you said, the most meaningful song for Disney's overall. What does Disney mean? Yeah. About wishing. Um, yeah. That being said, I don't musically think it's the most interesting song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice tune, but I don't think it's necessarily the, the most. I don't want to give it too high of a score when I know coming down the pike we're going to get really good songs in other movies. Um, sure, sure. One thing is I am going to be doing a, a running list of everything and try to keep everything on the same scale. So I will be okay. comparing songs between movies. So I don't okay. want to give anything too high of a grade too soon. Um, sure. And also, like you said, the animation, there's nothing too compelling here. I do think that the, like we mentioned, the uh, the spotlight, the use is really, it's cool um, that, mm-hmm. that Disney's managed to, you know, obviously there's not a real light pointing at the screen. Um, what? But animated that. Um, and I think it's cool how it begins the movie, but just it's not the most interesting visually. I don't think it's the best song musically. So balancing all that, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Um, okay. Minus for... My podcast, <laughs> M things, because um, that's my scoring gimmick. Is that I give it a word? Perfect, perfect. It's a good gimmick. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're this. Ah, well, thanks. Your bro. hero conversion rates. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the same grade I gave Hi Ho, which was my top song from mm-hmm. Snow White. However, I'm actually going to rate in my rankings. I'm going to put Hi Ho number one and this number two for now. Okay, so interesting. Not, so it's Bold. not. So I, you, I've already disagreed with the AFI. I don't have this as my top Disney <laughs> song. Um, that's just because I really love Hi Ho. I think there's more going on. I like the song more musically. There's, um, I just I just think it's more interesting. This I wouldn't like watch the video of this or really like put it on my on my iPod. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Yeah. And I, again, I'll, I, I want to allow it, but I'm still putting it number two of all the songs we've heard so far. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. You know, it's important, and we'll see how it ends up stacking up compared to other songs as we go. Um, yeah, so I'm I, excited. Yeah. I'm but excited it's finally too. a good song. Finally a, yeah. an amazing Disney song. We all Disney. like it. Everyone loves this song. We're all wishing upon a star. Everyone loves blow-up dolls. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I think that's a good place as any to call it. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Frodo the Lawyer, and... I am now recording this a few days after releasing the Wish Upon a Star episode of the podcast. After thinking about it for a few days, I've now decided to reconsider my grade of an A- that I gave Wish Upon a Star. I'm now going to bump that up to an A, an A for a star. Um, So if you were going to rage quit the episode because I gave it an A-, don't do that anymore. Um, We got some feedback from fans. I talked it over with some people. I thought about it as I always do with these very scientific grades, and my calculations have changed. I uh, don't think I was accounting enough for the overall importance of the song, and plus it is a really good melody, so I'm going to bump it up to an A. It's now in first place. It's ahead of hi-ho, so deal with it, haters. So thank you for joining us on the first episode of Season 2 of Wish Upon a Star. Yes. Uh, episode 9 overall. This has been Frodo the Lawyer. This has been Amanda the Person. And thank you for listening to Wish Upon a Star talk about Wish Upon a Star. Faith will see you through. It's a little corny, but I just, I love this song. 